the syllabuses, they're like, just kind of like a bland overview. Like, yeah, they do like list like what you're gonna be, be doing and stuff, but there's no real like interest grabber or like a hook or anything. It's the first thing I see really, you know? And that's the first information I really get about the class before I go in. I don't know. I just, I think that if, you know, if you were to take the time into uh like it's it's kind of like a show of um what's the word for it right of them caring i mean at the end of the day what we see is you know this document matters the the thing that really matters is designing the course but if i could just change the document it also matters but i've taught for many years and i finally faced the reality that the students just don't read the syllabus from idea this is sound idea The syllabus is such a common part of a course that it is an afterthought in many cases, like choosing which nails to use in building a house. The syllabus is part of building a course that is taken for granted and often not given much consideration. But does the syllabus matter? And can giving it attention help build a better course for students? It's the lowly syllabus in this edition of Sound Idea. I'm David Pollack. The syllabus was originally just a list of topics to be included in a course, but eventually became a standard required document for all college courses, a document that has grown in purpose, even if not always thoughtfully designed. It seems like the syllabus has expanded over the years to include lots of policy statements, sort of legalese stuff, and they've been getting longer and longer. Christina Peterson is with the University of Minnesota. Some people think of it as a contract between the instructor and the student that basically says, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Here's how well I'm going to ask you to do it. And um, here's when you'll need to do it by. Some people see it as a tool just to help students stay organized and know what's going on in class. <laughs> In this state university cafeteria, students seem to agree that a syllabus is a necessary but largely forgettable document. Rarely have I ever gotten to like a syllabus that wasn't standardized. Like you know, first part of the syllabus is basically the class description that you could find on like um, when you select a class, a basic class description. Then like you know, office hours, email, tests, and all the standard stuff. None of them ever really you know stray too far from that, making any like yeah, different, exactly. better, or worse. It's just you know what it is. Most of it is just the same policies, like do not cheat, do yeah. not plagiarize, you know, office hours, things like that. So it's not really that important. First day of class, this is what we're going to be talking about, but then you never have to, like, you never need to go back to it because it's just irrelevant at that point. The students, it seems, describe the syllabus primarily as a tool for keeping on track with assignments and understanding grading. Basically like a guideline for the class, like what you're going to be doing for the whole class and how much something is weighted. Like a test, some tests are weighted differently. Um, I know in Lit, my first essay is only worth half of what my last essay is worth. So I know that through the syllabus. When it comes to the, um, with the course schedule and then the attendance policy and then their grading policies, that's usually what I look over the most. I think of it as similar to uh, uh, an appliance manual. We all know that we're supposed to read it. We all know the important information is there, but we're eager just to 
get on with it. Mark Canada is Vice Chancellor for Academic Affairs and Professor of English at Indiana University, Kokomo. He worries that students don't get what they need from our syllabi. Almost certainly a, a, a large number, if not a majority of them, don't get the basic premise that we're setting up, the way we frame the course. Almost certainly they don't get the, the outcomes that we've set up for the course. Maybe they have absorbed those over the course of, um, of the semester, hopefully, but I don't think that they're getting the kind of basic framework we're setting up at the beginning of the course with our high hopes that they're going to see the vision that we have for the course. And why would they read it, says Peterson? There are multiple pages, they're wordy, there's small text, there's bullet points, there's indentations, and it's not very inviting to read. So a number of scholars have claimed for years that a well-crafted and well-presented syllabus can make a difference in getting students started off right in a course and just maybe be a tool for learning throughout the semester. Use the syllabus as an opportunity to frame the kind of learning experience you want your students to have. Draw on all of your knowledge about what works in your course, what your outcomes are, what you want your students to be able to do when that course is over, and then use the syllabus to get there in the most concise way you can and the most appealing way you can. We need to do a better job, we meaning faculty, need to do a better job at helping students understand what this document is and how to use the document. And that this document is no longer just a list of of, of topics and due dates, but it's a learning tool, something that we continually come back to. Michael Palmer and his colleagues at the University of Virginia conducted a research project to find if syllabus design makes a difference. I mean, at the end of the day, what we see is, you know, this document matters. The, the thing that really matters is designing the course, but if I could just change the document, it also matters. Christina Peterson says that distilling your course into a single clear message, one overriding idea, is one way to make a syllabus more purposeful. It may seem a little odd to think of the syllabus as a message, but really there are lots of messages in the syllabus that get lost with a sea of text. So one of the first suggestions is to create a simple or core message that encapsulates your course. In other words, could you like boil down and distill your entire course into a single message that would be sort of an overriding principle for students and for you for the entire semester? Coming back to that central message throughout the course helps provide the bigger picture for the course and where individual units fit into that bigger picture. Is the course about explaining why humans behave the way they do or learning to communicate persuasively so you can get your message across? Whatever your course central message is should be clear in the syllabus. And making that message not only clear but compelling is an important part, says Canada. Craft it. Craft an introduction that will engage the students. When I teach a literature course, I compare what we're about to do to a road trip, like a road trip through American literature. And I try to uh, dangle some, some things in there they're going to encounter over the course of the semester. Uh, in my literature course, we uh, examine Frederick Douglass's narrative and we read about Mary Rowlandson's captivity narrative. And those are things that are just naturally engaging. So I'll dangle some of that in front of them and talk about the, the interesting characters that are going to explore or, or meet and the wild adventures that they're going to encounter and write it in such a way, I hope, that this sounds like an invitation to 
a really interesting journey, a road trip that they would want to take. Including unexpected elements can also catch students' attention, Peterson says. Intentional visual elements such as graphics and photos can do the job if you do it effectively. It should support that core message, simple message that you've created for your course. If it's just a pretty picture or just a piece of clip art, it may actually detract and look a little cheesy. But if it's a picture that supports that core message, that can really be unexpected and get students' attention. And so a colleague of mine teaches a pathophysiology course, and what she has for a visual at the top of her syllabus um, are individual cells in culture. There's sort of a before and after cell, a normal cell, and then the after is one that's been transformed with a cancer-causing gene that looks extremely different. And that sort of sets the tone for her entire course, that pathophysiology um, means that something different is going on in tissues or in cells. So in addition to making the syllabus appealing and readable with clear messages, Canada adds that making the course seem relevant is an important way to motivate students from the beginning. Frame it up as something that they're going to experience and help them to see what they're going to get out of it. I mean, it's a simple way to think of it is what's in it for me. And if they're wondering what's in this class for me, then we want to answer that question. And that might be helping them to see how the outcomes that they're going to get out of the class are things that will be really relevant to their careers, to their lives, to their parenting, to their citizenship, to whatever matters to them. And of course, that will depend to some degree on the course, but uh, whatever course it is, there should be something in there that we think is meaningful. And this is our opportunity to frame it up in such a way that we're communicating that it will be useful and relevant to the students who are taking the course. But does all this effort at designing a syllabus really matter? Does it make a difference? That's one of the questions Michael Palmer and his colleagues attempted to answer. And this was our question. Does that document matter? Why? Maybe you can have a really well-designed course that's, that's very student-centered. And the document, the syllabus that describes that could be very content-centered or policy-centered document, right? It doesn't matter. But what our research showed is that by creating a document that actually reflects the true nature of that Learning Center course, that I can positively influence student motivation before they ever set foot in your class. So what that means is it makes my job easier because they've already kind of bought into a process. They already think that I'm an approachable instructor. And so if I deliver on that promise very early on in the semester, I'm way ahead as if I start with a document that negatively motivates students where they say, I don't know that I want to take this. This is, this is a boring class. I don't think the instructor is going to help me. I think all we're going to do is lecture. And then that instructor has a lot of work to do at the start of the semester to change that if that indeed is a learning-focused course. But if I just shift the document, then I've already got the students in the right frame of mind. Palmer's work at helping faculty redesign syllabi is based around the notion of moving the document and course from a content-centered one to a learner-focused syllabus and course. And so one of the things we encourage instructors to do is start to frame their courses in terms of big, beautiful questions. Again, that comes from the work of Ken Bain. What are those really meaty questions, those beautiful things, those provocative things that that kind of just beg an answer to, right? Where a, a student would read that and say, wow, that's interesting. I might just get something out of this course. So that's the description. We have objectives and goals, and then you start to lay out the 
types of things students would do so that both you as an instructor and the students would know whether we're getting there. And so those are the assessments. And those assessments are more authentic types of assessments. They're not the, the you know, the, the hour-long midterm test where there's a, a maybe a short answer and a multiple choice, but they're, they're project-based things. They're group activities. They're reflective portfolios. They're things that really tie directly to those that robust set of objectives you, you've set out. And then, you know, you have a schedule that is not just a list of topics and a list of dates, but the, that schedule is framed also in those beautiful questions. Um, it's um, not that you, we're going to study UV spectroscopy in my chemistry class, but we're going to study why hippopotamuses are pink, right? Or in my science of learning class, um, instead of talking about developmental theories, we're going to talk about, do you think you learn differently than a fourth grader? Right, so it really starts to frame that content, the, the content where, as instructors, we fell in love with the discipline, but we often mask from students, so it's making that content come alive. And it lays out, the schedule lays out a path for how students can actually navigate through the course. At the very least, Palmer and others say that making the tone of the syllabus more welcoming to students will affect how they perceive the instructor and the course. Researchers have looked at the tone of the document, simply replacing um, the student with you or we, and so um, uh, research into what the power dynamics of those words are and what effect they have in students. And uh, the research clearly shows that that when you uh, remove that power differential by um, even through just language and tone, it can have a positive impact on um, how students perceive the course. Short of significant course or syllabus redesign, Canada adds that a friendly approach to communicating in the syllabus helps set the stage for effective teaching relationships with students. If we take the extra step of trying to craft a syllabus that comes across as one uh, as coming from a professor who wants them to succeed, then a, a few little um, changes in wording can go a long way. If, if instead of saying you will achieve these outcomes, you can say, I look forward to helping you achieve these outcomes. Little elements like that can go a long way, I think, toward helping to craft the way that the students think of the experience they're about to get, and particularly how they think about the professor they're about to engage with. And of course, we want them to feel that, this is, that the professor is approachable and wants them to succeed, and the syllabus is one place where we can convey that message. Back at the university, what do our students think about putting effort into designing syllabi? If I were to make an assumption, I would assume that the, the, you know, the university sends out one syllabi and all the professors use it and they just put in their own things, you know, they just put in their own schedules, contact information, and that's, it's like, um, it's like one of the pre-made formatted things on, on Word document, you know, how you can go to the pre the pre-formatted MLA and you just type in what you need and it'll tell you what to put right there. I feel like that's what the syllabi are for the university. It's, it's just very repetitive. You're reading the same thing over and over again. I mean, I've never personally been like like amazed after I read a syllabus, like, wow, like this is like exactly what I'm looking for in a class. You've never so, cried? No, I've never, never gotten too emotional after uh, reading a syllabus. I mean, I do think it's a good idea. Like, they definitely should be. Like, I feel like it would help a lot more like kids like get like mentally prepared for the class and be like you know okay I'm like really interested and I'm ready to learn this stuff but a lot of syllabuses I mean right now just don't don't do that enough but like every syllabus that I've like encountered really I've had like you know the kind of standard thing I haven't seen anyone like organically make a you know like syllabus like by their own and I think that I mean like to me that's kind of 
I'm not going to say it's a show of laziness on their part. I know that they have lives. They obviously have, you know, things that they need to do. But if you want to talk about in terms of, like, you know, syllabi, in terms of, like, me being, like, engaged or certain thing, you know, turn aspects have to be, be engaged. It's the first thing I see, really, you know? And that's the first information I really get about the class before I go in. I don't know. I just, I think that, if, you know, if you were to take the time into, uh, like, it's, it's kind of like a show of, um, what's the word for it? Right, of them caring. You know, they, they take a little, they put a little bit more time into these sort of things. Well, I don't really agree with that, just because I feel like they have more important stuff to work on than the syllabus. Like, they're, they're here to teach us, and like putting more effort into the syllabus doesn't really make sense, especially when kids aren't really going to look at it, so it's just a waste of their time. You may also be dubious about the value of putting effort into syllabus design, but it seems clear that one of the biggest benefits is the course design issues that a professor confronts when doing so, particularly if taking a full-blown approach to redesigning a course, as Michael Palmer and his colleagues at UVA suggest. You can find a link to their work in the resources section on this podcast page. But even little changes, such as editing for tone or friendliness, crafting a central message, and making the syllabus more readable with visual elements can apparently help. You can see some examples and other resources on this podcast page. So what do you think? Is it worth the time to create a syllabus that is more student-focused? Are there better ways to communicate course policies? How do you get students to read the syllabus? Is the syllabus equally important in online and face-to-face -face classes? We'd love to hear your thoughts and especially your suggestions for creating syllabi and using them effectively in a course. Submit your comments on this podcast page so others can benefit from your experience or send an email to our sound ID address. For idea, this is David Pollock.